Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. Today I'm starting a new series called Parental Guidance, and we're going to be in the book of Proverbs for five weeks. And so we're going to talk about parenting from the book of Proverbs. Um, You know, parenting is a gift from God. It's a great work um, that God blesses parents with, raising up the next generation. And have you ever wondered what the Bible says to parents, specifically what kind of wisdom the Bible gives parents? Well, today we're going to look at the book of Proverbs uh, to determine that. I love this one verse in Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 1, verse 8 and 9. It says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and don't reject your mother's teaching, for they will be a garland of favor on your head and pendants around your neck. Uh, I love that because if a child grows up listening to mom and dad, loving mom and dad, and and following their leadership, then that is a favor to them, and that is uh, something that people will recognize. Now, let's be honest for a moment. Parents, what do you want your children to become as they get older and become an adult? That's an interesting question, and I think if we were really honest and not pretentious and we were really honest about our actions and not just what we think the right answer should be, when you look around today in society based on behavior, based on just observations, some parents want their kids to be smart, and the measuring stick is honor roll. Some parents want their kids to be athletic, and the measuring stick is, you know, winning, and a lot of it. Um, Of course, some want their kids to be popular, and maybe the measuring stick is how well they're liked, and if they're recognized because of this, that, or the other. Or in a social media world, you know, they get on social media early and they want to be, try to be a YouTuber, right? You talk to, uh, talk, talk to the kids today, a lot of them want to be YouTubers, okay? Uh, some of you are looking at me like, what? Ask somebody later, they'll tell you what that means. Uh, some, some parents want their kids to be wealthy, and uh, obviously that is going to be measured by the kind of job they help them get once they, you know, leave the home. Uh, obviously all parents want their kids to have a better lifestyle than we experienced. We hope we can make life a little bit better for them than, say, we had it. Uh, we want them to have more opportunities than maybe we had when we were their age. But what does the Bible say, okay? If we go back to just the Scripture Is there an expectation in the Bible that says, hey, if you're a parent, this right here is what you should want your child to grow up and become? I would submit to you that there is an answer to that question, and we don't have to look any further than the book of Proverbs. The answer to the question, what does the Bible value that parents should aspire for their children to become? Simply this, a life of wisdom. A life of wisdom. And we'll unpack what it means to to be wise. The short answer would be to live life God's way. That's that's a wise person, someone that lives life God's way. That's the short answer. But we'll unpack that for a moment. Let me me demonstrate that I just didn't pluck that out of the air. I want to give you 
Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to preach through Proverbs because uh, as, I, as I joked with staff this week, when you read Proverbs, most of the book is kind of like reading a, um, a Chinese fortune cookie. Now, don't misinterpret what I'm saying, but when you pull out a Chinese fortune cookie, you've got a pithy little statement on a short little sheet of paper, and that's it. But it makes you think, it has a point, and it's kind of pithy and punchy. And that's kind of the way most of Proverbs is. You don't read a chapter of Proverbs. You can and you should, but you won't read it like a, a story, you know, that has a beginning and a middle and an end. You read a proverb and each verse is different. One verse is talking about this. One verse is talking about that. It's kind of like a collection of sayings, wise sayings that King Solomon put together. And so we're going to be jumping around in Proverbs today, so get ready for that. But what I want you to realize is the Proverbs teaches that a wise child brings their parents joy. If you want to write these down, you can, but I'm going to run through them real quick. Proverbs 10, verse 1, it's one of Solomon's Proverbs. It says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son heartache to his mother. In Proverbs 15, verse 20, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs 23, verse 24, let your father and mother have joy and let her who gave birth to you rejoice. The father of a righteous son will rejoice greatly and one who fathers a wise son will delight in him. Then we jump to Proverbs 27, verse 11. Be wise, my son, and bring my heart joy so that I can answer anyone who taunts me. In other words, when a child is wise, it brings joy to their parents. And Solomon says that over and over again. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 29, verse 3, a man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. Or Proverbs 23, 15, My innermost being will celebrate when your lips say what is right. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. So over and over again, a parent is, has something to be joyful about, to rejoice about when their child grows up and lives life God's way, showing that they are wise, Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter how smart they are, how athletic they are, how popular they are, how much money they make, what job or vocation they choose when they grow up, but are they living life God's way? Are they wise? If they do that, I say praise God. Amen? That's what we should be striving for. Now, to emphasize this, let's contrast this idea or concept with the opposite. That is, if a wise child brings uh, their parents joy, then the inverse or opposite would be true. That is, a foolish child would bring grief to their parents. And again, Proverbs speaks to that. In Proverbs 17, verse 21, a man fathers a fool to his own sorrow. The father of a fool has no joy. Now, isn't it interesting, this idea of joy? that if a child grows up wise, it gives the parents joy. But if the child grows up and becomes a fool, no joy. I mean, this is just as, this is a clear-cut case here. Let me give you one more verse in Proverbs 17. Go down to verse 25. 
it says a foolish son is grief to his father and bitterness to the one who bore him. That's all you moms out there. So, you know, a foolish child uh, gives grief to the dad and bitterness to his mother. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's the picture, and that's what I want you to see. The picture we see when we open up the book of Proverbs is that a wise child brings their parents joy, but a foolish child brings them grief. And, you know, as we think about the kind of parents that God wants us to be and the, the kind of children that he's called us and blessed us with to raise, we, we can get caught up in the things of this life and the things of this world, but let's keep our eye on the ball. We want our kids to grow up to be wise. And Scripture promises that if we lead them in that direction toward that end, we will look back with joy. But if we allow them to become foolish, then there's going to be a lot of grief. So I want to answer two questions today. Two questions about raising wise children. The first question is simply this, what do wise children look like? I mean, that's a good question, right? I mean, if, if, if we know that the, the goal, the aim, the target is wise children, then what does that look like? I mean, where do we even start? Uh, I'm going to give you three answers to that question from the scriptures. Uh, the first thing is this, wise children honor their parents. Let's just go right back to what the Bible says about that. You know the Ten Commandments, and the fifth one of the Ten Commandments says to honor your father and your mother. And uh, let's read the New Testament version of that. Now, we know that the Ten Commandments were given in the Old Testament. They're given a couple of times, one in Exodus, one in Deuteronomy. But this particular commandment, the fifth commandment, to love, I mean, to honor your father and your mother... It is mentioned in the New Testament, and it gives us a little bit more insight, a little bit more understanding. It's found in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. So, kids, as long as you're home, under the roof of your parents, depending on them for your needs, you're under their authority. And the Bible says to obey your parents in the Lord because that's the right thing to do. But, 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 it's the right thing to do, period. End of story, right? Then it goes on and says this, because some of you might go, ha, oh, you're just talking about as long as we're under the roof. Someday, one day, I'm going to have my own roof. It's going to be my rules and I'll do what I want. I'll do what I please. Hang on, slow down. There, the scripture speaks to that too. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Now, I think it's very interesting that when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, to Israel, that out of those commands, this was the first command with a promise attached to it. If you want to live a long life, if you want to enjoy that long life, then honor your mom and your dad. You know, too many people, they grow up and they try to run from the way they were raised. They try to process the pain of maybe the way they grew up. 
They might even say, well, you don't know how I was raised. You don't know my mom. You don't know my dad. You don't know how I was treated or what I went through. You know, they didn't act like a mom or they didn't act like a dad. And I get that, okay? I get that. Uh, Some of us are blessed in life and some do the best that we can. But God's Word says this, honor your father and mother. That is an attitude that we can demonstrate every day. See, God shoots for the heart. It would be so easy just to say, behave yourself and do this. And then you you put on your, your airs and you kind of, you fake it till you make it. You kind of act like everything's okay when it's not. But God's word cuts through all of that and says, honor your father and mother. And it goes straight to the heart. And he says, if you do that, there's a promise with this command. That is, it will go well with you and you'll have a long life in the land. You know, I've seen people that grow up and they don't honor their mother, uh, their father and their mother. And uh, I don't know how long they live or how short they live, but they don't live well because they carry around all this stuff and it affects everything they do. If you want to live life and you want to live it well, then make sure your heart's right with God. Make sure you settle your issues from the past. And that's what I would say. Wise children, wise children honor their father and mother. Yes, they obey them when they're under their authority and under their roof, but even when they leave the home, even when they grow up, they honor their father and their mother. Uh, A second, um, now before I move on, let me say this. Uh, What does Proverbs say about children who dishonor their parents? Let Let me give you that by way of illustration. There's a two or three. Proverbs 19.26, the one who plunders his father and evicts his mother is a disgraceful and shameful son. Now, this is um, Solomon who became a king who was recognized as the wisest person who ever lived. And he's saying, look, when you steal from your dad, when you evict your mom, shame on you. That's what he's saying. Proverbs 30, verse 11, there is a generation that's pure in its own eyes yet not wash from its filth. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives, devouring the oppressed from the land and the needy from among mankind. There is a generation, how haughty its eyes and pretentious its looks. I think we've seen enough changes in our lifetime that there is uh, people growing up today that have no regard for authority. They have no respect for those that are older. And, you know, for those of us that see that, we really need to pray for them. Pray that God changes their heart on that. Proverbs 20.20 says, Whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will go out in deep darkness. That one makes me cringe a little bit. I'll be honest, it really does. It's like, wow, Scripture is really pulling back the curtain and saying when someone gets to a point in a place in life that they're cursing their own mom and dad, there's no light in there. They have a deep, dark heart. Think about that. Then there's Proverbs 30, verse 17. As for the eye that ridicules a father and despises obedience to a mother, may ravens of the valley pluck it out and young vultures eat it. I'm not even going to explain that one. Sounds kind of gross, doesn't it? And then you got Proverbs 17, verse 2. A prudent servant will rule 
over a disgraceful son and share an inheritance among brothers. In other words, sometimes people depend on blood being thicker than water. They don't care about their parents, only what they can get from them. And yet Proverbs says, I have seen that a prudent servant will rule over a disgraceful son and share the inheritance among the brothers. That's very telling as well. You see, wise children honor their parents. But there's a second thing that wise children do. What do wise children look like? They honor their parents. And a second thing, they listen to their parents. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't despise your mother when she is old. Now, let me read into this a little bit. Don't despise your mother when she's old. Because when she gets older, guess what? So are you. Have you ever thought about it that way? Hmm. Well, I can't believe. Well, hold on. Reel it in for a minute. Gut check. We're all getting older every single day. And as your parents get older, so are you. And so you don't stop listening to your parents when you graduate high school and do your own thing and live your own life on your own terms. You honor them and you listen to them. Matter of fact, Proverbs 13.1 says, A wise son responds to his father's discipline, but a mocker doesn't listen to rebuke. You know, I find it amusing being a sports fan. It's been a while since I've heard it, but I remember a few years ago they were talking about a certain professional athlete, and uh, these commentators were talking about it, and they said, He's not coachable. Well, what does that mean? Well, I guess it means that he didn't want to listen to his coach. He thought he could depend on his own talent. He thought he knew better and just, you know, give me the ball and let me play. Well, we have people in life today that they don't like to listen to correction. They won't receive a rebuke. Can I tell you something? Life lesson here. If you can't learn to take it at home, how are you ever going to learn how to take it in the workplace when the boss says, sit down, we need to talk? You older ones, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's why in the home we have to deal with the pleasant stuff and the unpleasant stuff to prepare our kids for life, particularly when we're not around and they can't just call us or depend on us. We've got to prepare them to be able to stand up in the world and follow Christ and grow, grow into a wise person. Wise children honor their parents. Wise children listen to their parents. And another thing, what does wise children look like? They receive correction from their parents. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible. Yeah, I think we've all seen that in school. You know, we see a kid get in trouble, and once they get in trouble, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I did not do it. And, you know, they get stubborn, and they get rebellious, and, and how does that work for you? You know, we've got to learn to be sensible when we accept uh, correction and own our behavior. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, I love this one. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son. And do not loathe his discipline, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. Now, what does that verse tell us? 
Kids, listen to this. Nobody likes being wrong. No, nobody likes being corrected, but we all need it, okay? We all need it. And if we don't learn to take it from mom and dad, how are we going to handle it from a boss someday? And if you think that's something, how are you going to handle it from God? Let's be honest. You know, you know that verse that we always quote in 2 Timothy about how God's Word is inspired and it's profitable for, for teaching and correcting and rebuking and training in righteousness? When you think about that verse, uh, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, I like teaching. I like training. To me, they're positive things. I don't like correction, and I certainly don't like to be rebuked. But if that's the four purposes of God's Word, that means that every time I read God's Word, there's a 50-50 chance that I like what I read. Thank you, Lord. There's a 50-50 chance I don't want to hear it. Ouch. Can't believe that preacher said that. Stepped on my toes. Man, I don't like that. God, I don't want to talk about that today. I, I don't have time. I'm going to move on. i got to hurry up. I'm late. What I'm trying to say is this. Sometimes the reason why we don't read our Bible, it's not because we know better. It's because maybe God's trying to speak to us and we just don't really want to go there right now. That doesn't change the fact that he can say, I'm not moving. You go ahead. We're still going to talk about this. We can talk about it now. We can talk about it a week from now, a month from now. A year from now, but what I'm saying about this doesn't change. I, I love one man, one man I had in a previous church. He grew up in a godly home, and then he went his own way, and then as an adult, he, he came back to God, and he was sharing his testimony one day, and he says, yeah. He says, you know, it's kind of like having a dog on a chain. And you just let that dog on that chain, and he just takes off running. And the master has the chain in his hand. And anytime he wants, he can make that dog obey. That dog can run and run and run the whole time he's on the chain, and he's running as hard as fast as he can. And all of a sudden, that master goes, <laughs> and boom, he's right there. And he says, that's been my relationship with God. He says, I knew better, but I went my own way, and I ran as hard as I could. And then he got my attention, and we were right back where we started. It broke him. It humbled him. And he said, okay, God, all right. And he got things right. And that's what I mean. You and I need to learn discipline because it's going to help us in life. It's going to help us in the workplace. It's going to help us in our relationship with God. So the first question is, what do wise children look like? Well, they honor their parents, they listen to their parents, and they receive correction from their parents. That's what a wise child looks like. But I got one more question for you before I'm done. And this is the kicker. How do we raise wise children, right? I'm not an expert in that. I'm just glad that I can go to the scriptures and I can tell you what the Bible says. I'm learning just like you. But let me share with you what the scripture says about how do we raise wise children. First of all, I want you to know that nobody has a monopoly on wisdom. And I don't know about you, I praise God for that. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, 
who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. I love that, don't you? You know, sometimes we do the wrong thing instead of the right thing, and then when we get caught, we have to take our medicine, and then sometimes, depending on our age and if we're still at home, we have to hear the lecture from mom and dad. Don't look at me too dignified. You, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you'd rather take the whooping than listen to the lecture, right? Now, I told you so. Now, I, 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 just, just give me the whooping and let me go to the room, right? Okay, you don't want to hear it, right? So here's what I want to tell you. When it comes to God, all you got to do is ask Him for wisdom, and it says He gives it to you generously and ungrudgingly. He's not going to lecture you. Well, it's about time you came. I mean, you talked to 10 different people and you tried this, that, and the other before you finally come to me. You know, that's not how he is. He says, if you ask for wisdom, he will give it, and he'll give it generously and ungrudgingly. In James 3, verse 13, it paints a picture of what wisdom looks like. It says, if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. So how do you recognize that someone's wise? Well, you don't ask them. They don't tell you. You observe their life. Through their actions and their decisions and the outcomes of those decisions, you see it. For where there's envy and selfish ambition, there's disorder and every evil practice. Such wisdom doesn't come down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering, without pretense. There's two kinds of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom, the wisdom of this world. And then there's heavenly wisdom or God's wisdom. And that is much better. I like what Luke says in Luke chapter 11. It says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And when I read that, I'm like, wow. You know, we like to give our kids gifts that we know they're going to love. Like when they, when they want that puppy that they've been asking for for a couple of years, <laughs> and you finally give it to them, woo right? <laughs> uh, we want to give good gifts to our kids. But guess what? God is even much more than that, is he not? God wants to give us good gifts too. And he says, I want to give you my Holy Spirit. I want to give you the gift of my presence that will be with you and in you forever. And then whenever you need me, you don't have to pick up the phone. There ain't no heavenly hotline. All you got to do is call my name. All you got to do is cry out in prayer. And he says, I'm there. I'm with you. And that's pretty awesome. One more uh, or two more. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul tells young Timothy, he says, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced is in you also. Isn't it great when you pass on your faith in Christ to your family, to your kids? 
And here is Paul looking at Timothy, who's going into the ministry, and he says, I look at the faith you have, and I wonder, where did that come from? And then he says, you had a godly mother who had a godly mother. So you got three generations, a godly grandmother, a godly mother, and a godly young man. That ought to be what we're praying for. That ought to be what we're striving for as Christian parents. One last verse, 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 and 15. You want to know the answer to the question, how do we raise wise children? All the verses I've read lead up to this one right here. In 2 Timothy 3, 14, Paul says to Timothy, but as for you, Continue in what you've learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you. And you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. There it is. Timothy grew up as a baby, as a young child in a godly home. He had a godly grandmother and he had a godly mother. He was taught the scriptures. He heard the stories of the Bible. He heard how God worked in people's lives throughout history. He learned that the common element that all these people had is not only did they believe in God, but they had a faith in the Lord. And that makes all the difference. And Paul is telling Timothy, he says, you've heard from the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. I will say this, if you want to raise wise kids, you got to get them on the right path. you got to get them on the right road. And step one is when they come to trust and follow Jesus Christ. Because see, you've got a partner in parenting. And it's the Lord. He is with you to help you raise these babies and these kids. And He wants you to model parenting to them because He is the ultimate parent. And He wants you to teach them how to trust and follow Him. Because see, there will be a day as we all get older that you won't be around anymore. They will be. They're younger. They'll live longer than you and I. There'll be a time that we can't help them. Not because we don't want to. We just won't be around to see it. We won't be around to do anything about it. But guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ, God who gives His precious Holy Spirit to be with us and in us forever, who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The Heavenly Father, He's just a prayer away. All you got to do is call His name. He is eager to save. And so I want to encourage you this morning, parents, to pray for your kids. I don't care how old or young they are. Matter of fact, you know, I, I, I realized when my parents, uh, I, I realized when I became a dad and my kids came into this world that it's not just a job that I put on my shoulder for 18 years, okay? It's something that I do with joy for the rest of my life. I love what I read about Job in the Old Testament. The man, as he got older in life, and he raised, what, ten kids? He still prayed for them. 
He still loved them. He was still there for them, even though they had their own homes, their own families, and their own lives. And I think that's what parenthood is about. We want to pray for the next generation. We want to model and lead for the next generation. And we want to do all we can to teach them the truths of God and point them to faith in Christ so that one day they'll depend on Him even when we're not around. It's my prayer today that we'll become parents that strive to raise up wise kids. And wisdom starts in believing Jesus, trusting and following Him. I want to ask you to stand today. We're going to have a time of invitation. And it's my prayer today that if God is speaking to you, that you'll respond. The Bible says that the Bible helps us have wisdom about salvation through faith in Christ. Everyone in this room should know enough when it comes to how to be saved. But let me explicitly say it right now. You can't save yourself. One day, someday, there's going to be a judgment day. And every single one of us is going to stand before God. And if he says, why should I let you into heaven? I'm going to give you a clue right now. No matter what you say about what you've done, notice the emphasis, what you say about what you've done, it won't be good enough. Nothing you do will ever be good enough. Let that sink in. The law, the Ten Commandments, show us what sin is like. Have you ever told a lie? Have you always honored your father and mother? Have you ever, you ever took something that doesn't belong to you? That's stealing. And I could go on through the list. The Ten Commandments show us how we've sinned. And because we have sinned, we've broken God's law. And as a result of breaking His law, we're guilty. And if we stand before God on Judgment Day, guilty is charged. But I've got good news. For God so loved the world, what did He do? He gave His only begotten Son. Amen? And that Son's name is Jesus. Jesus came. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. He died the death that you and I deserve. He took our place on the cross. And He offers the gift of eternal life. It's a gift. Bought and paid for by His own life and His own blood. That doesn't cost you anything. He's already paid for it. And now he's offering it to anyone that'll simply leave their life of sin and come and trust and follow Jesus. And that's my prayer today. You know enough to be saved. That's why in Romans 10, leading up to that passage about calling upon the name of the Lord, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. What does that mean? Well, if you go back to the Old Testament, the Jews, God's people, the, the Israelites, you know, they had the patriarchs and the prophets and the covenants and, you know, the commandments. And they had all these things that God had blessed them with because He had revealed Himself through them to the world. They had heard it. They knew it. And now He's saying, you know what to do. You've heard what the, the Word says. You've heard it for a long time. 
You know it. But have you ever received it? Have you ever opened up your heart and said, Lord, I believe. I know you love me. I know you died on the cross for my sin. And I want to trust and follow you right now. It's my prayer today that you'll act on what you've heard. You'll act on what the Word says. And it'll change your life. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for every mom. Thank you for every home and family that's represented. I pray that you'll bless them today. And Lord, I pray before we leave this place, Lord, at least in our hearts, Lord, I pray that all is well between us and you. Father, I pray that we'll be inspired today to be wise people, to be wise parents, to raise wise children that come to know, love, and follow you, Lord Jesus. Lord, have your will and way in every heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.